It's time to put down the pen and paper and retire those spreadsheets. It's time to upgrade with Tree Plotter Jobs, a straightforward estimating, scheduling, and work order software built for small and mid-sized tree care companies. Tree Plotter Jobs is based on maps. Think Google Maps with all of the information you need connected to a real world location. You can impress potential clients with interactive maps in your estimates and ensure your crews always know exactly where and what to work on. A job subscription is only $95 a month and supports unlimited users. So to learn more about jobs, go to planetgeo.com. That's P-L-A-N-I-T-G-E-O.com. You can also test it out for yourself with a free two-month trial. Just enter the promo code JOBS60 at checkout. So my name's John Hanel. I work for Tree Tech in Foxboro, Mass. I've been with the company now working on 27 years. Uh, I got right, I uh, started right after I got out of the Marine Corps in 1990. I got out in 95. Andy, the owner, actually hired me in 95, but it was a heavy snow year. So I started in uh, February 28th, 96 is my, was my first day. And um, I've been here ever since. So great company to work for. I was five, five guys when we started and uh, we're up around 95 people and over 100 registered pieces of equipment now, I believe. That's awesome. That's huge. So the question is, and it's usually different for everybody, but how exactly did you end up in the tree care industry? Just because of the fact that most of the people who we talked to on the podcast didn't really mean to end up in the tree care industry, but ended up there for some reason and mm -hmm. have loved it since then. So kind of you got out of the Marine Corps. So why, why tree care? Well, like we can even back up. I, I grew up, um, my family, my dad worked for the highway department and we used to cut a lot of firewood. All my friends in the neighborhood, uh, we used to have to go to each other's house and help load the, you know, the wood bins and, and cut and split firewood is growing up. My uncle's own construction company. So they also, when we would, you know, do septic systems or backyard expansions, we did it all. We cut the trees down. We did, um, you know, dug the stumps out and then sold firewood also. So I had kind of grown up around equipment and, and being outside and chainsaws. And it just really, I knew, I knew working outside and, and working with a, with a chainsaw was going to be part of my life. I, I kind of grew up around it and it's just always been, it's been like a calling to me. It, it's, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. In high school, when I was growing up, I started climbing, doing stuff on the side with guys on the weekends, uh, climbing trees, cutting firewood. And I got into the climbing aspect of it probably when I was 14 is when I really started climbing trees. Got my first saddle rope, set of spikes, learned a lot of what not to do and what to do. Back to deal, you know, working with my dad growing up and, and really kind of, he didn't get into the climbing aspect, but as chainsaws and everything else, I learned a lot of what not to do when I was young, uh, growing up, young, working around the, the guys from the highway department. They were all great guys, a lot of mentors, but when it came to chainsaws, boy, were they, <laughs> they were a little unsafe. I saw a lot of guys get cut, um, learned at a very early age, don't ever get on a ladder with a chainsaw. I watched my dad when I was about six, take a header off a, a ladder with a chainsaw. Oh, wow. Uh, I could remember it vividly like it was yesterday. Um, he was cutting a limb down to uh, make a rope swing and 
that ladder came down and he came crashing down on it. I, I don't know how he didn't get hurt, you know, but uh, 14, 15 feet up. And he, I mean, he came down like the Titanic when that thing hit the ground and it was, it wasn't good. But uh, again, I learned a lot of what not to do, I would say, with a chainsaw. So growing up and getting into this industry, I definitely will say that safety, I, I knew was going to be a big aspect of it. And um, I always tried to play by the rules, even as, as a kid doing it on the side. I always tried to wear a helmet of glasses. Chaps weren't a big thing when I was younger and growing up. But once they came out, I realized that this is this is the way to go. And even I think I was 15 when I brought my first set of chainsaw chaps because um, I had seen enough people get cut as a kid with a chainsaw to know that's not I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And you're so most of your education came from on site learning, right, from others around you. Yes, as I um a lot of that coming up through growing up, you know, reading books, it, internet wasn't around. So reading a lot of books and trial by fire. I mean, uh, my best friend that works with a company, he runs a big crane here when we would go out and cut firewood in the backyard. I mean, if you got a, if you got a tree hung up, my, my dad was like, that's your problem. Figure it out, figure out how to get it down. So you, you had to very carefully work in the woods and learn how to, when you make a mistake, you, you got to figure out how to, fix it correctly without getting hurt and we did a lot of that you know we cut down a lot of small oak trees and they didn't they didn't go the way they were supposed to all the time um so again i, I learned to read tried to read as many books as i could and, and to learn as, as much as i could when i was growing up yeah and i kind of want to want to bounce around um so you are a ctsp mm -hmm. what led you you know it, it we're kind of getting on that, but what led you to become a CTSP? Because I mean, you already talked about how you were, you know, 15 buying your safety equipment and stuff like that. That's a lot sooner than I'd say a lot of um, our CTSPs originally were doing it. So what led you to pursue the CTSP program? When I, when I worked here, when we first started, chaps and helmets weren't really, they weren't required. Uh, it was in the nineties and, and, some companies, you know, had it that way. You had to wear helmets, chaps, glasses, all that. And that was one thing on on my crew. If you wanted to work with me when I became a foreman, you you know, you had to have, wear your helmet, chaps, and glasses at all times. So it kind of, you know, Andy knew that I was pretty regimented in my safety as, as I was working up through my way through the company. And with that happening, kind of saw that the CTSP, when it first came out, it was definitely going to be a, a good program for our industry to adopt and get into. So I was in, you know, my number's 126. I was one of the first, not the first classes, but like very, very early I, I went and got it. You know, Andy's like, hey, do you want to go to this? And I was like, absolutely. We definitely, I got right in on it. Walking into that class, it was nothing that I expected. I thought it was going to be, you know, more tree related and all of that. And it was eye-opening when I walked in there to see how we had to learn how to train different people and teach different people and, and way people, uh, different people learn from, you know, whether reading or, or visual or actually doing it hands-on. It was eye-opening in that class when I went to do it. Getting into the class just opened up my horizons a little bit and my, you know, vision on how to train people better than what I, what I had been doing before. Yeah. And before you had even seen the class and you went through the program, were you always passionate about continuing your education um, in terms of safety techniques or just stuff in general, or was it 
was it harder for you to try to get back into a, a, a learning setting? I'll kind of back that up to my time in the Marine Corps growing up. You had to be challenged. If you weren't, if you weren't challenging yourself or always looking to go to that next step, um, you know, being in the service, especially in the, the unit I was with and what we did, you had to be excelling at all times. If you sat back and, and work on a drive, have the drive to better yourself at all, all the time, uh, whether from teaching, training, uh, volunteering to go to classes, like they would put stuff up, hey, who wants to go to this school? Who wants to go to that school? And a lot of guys would be like, oh, I'm not doing it, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be deployed or I'm going to be away from everybody for a while. I, I myself was like, no, I, I want to go because if, if we have to go into combat, I want to know everything I possibly can. It didn't matter what it was, even not just combat, but just learning and training different ways. One of the classes that when I was stationed at Quantico, Virginia, they used to, the NRA would come and host classes there. They would use their ranges and a lot of guys wouldn't go. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go definitely. And uh, it, it was just, um, I could always better myself that way. So when I got out of the Marines, it's the same thing in the tree industry, I feel, where some guys, they get stagnant, they don't push themselves to that next level. I mean, once you master the ground, then you got to you gotta get up in the tree. You got to start climbing. Once you master that, what can you do next? I mean, running equipment, running cranes. You have to always strive to be better every day. And if you're not looking to challenge yourself or push yourself in another way, you're not getting better. There's always, a, there's always something you could be doing, learning and training to get better in your industry. Yeah, I agree. And I think you, you kind of brought it up, but the, um, you know, the different teaching styles that you have to do for different people and different leadership styles for different people and kind of the difference in adult learning versus a standard classroom setting, like adult learning for a lot of these people in the industry is, is very, very different than when you're, you know, in high school or college and going through education that way. So, you know, you've been a CTSP in one of the first couple classes through. What's kept you earning the credential continuously since then? Continuing education. Um, I've always been fortunate enough, especially in the early stages of, of trying to keep my CTSP when I wasn't really in the training role. It was seemed to be a, a little harder for, for me because I didn't quite understand the process of the CEUs and how to continue, you know, get them and all that. Going to the TCIA Expo was a huge benefit because it was it handled a lot of the the classroom training when i first got it we were doing some safety training in-house and everything else but we weren't i don't know if we weren't documenting it well enough and things like that so that that was an issue trying to get my ceus up was an issue originally um, but that prod that process is it's very very easy very streamlined now super easy to take care of um, and I've actually helped out a few people that have struggled with that on how to process, get the process going and, and how to maintain their, their CEUs better. I've had a few people reach out to me. I've also expressed, you know, if anybody reaches out to TCIA, they can give me a call or an email or anything like that. And I can help them out through the process, but definitely trying to maintain that credential. It, it just, it's a great credential. It works well. Once you go through the class, you understand how to train people differently and how everybody learns, kind of eye-opening on that, which was really, really good for that. Going forward with my CTSP um, and, and keeping it, you know, we're an accredited company, so we definitely need to have CTSPs for that. Um, there have been a few times when I've been on some big jobs where we have to go through another company's safety program, 
and they've actually Googled my name and they look into what CTSP is, which I've only had probably four or five times in the 15 years I've had it, it seemed that they realized that it brought our safety program up to another level compared to other companies. And it was interesting to hear that from higher companies, really big construction companies in Boston and in the surrounding areas that we work in. Yeah. And it's good to hear stuff like that because I think a lot of times us at TCA, we can tote the fact that it's a fantastic credential to have and stuff like that, you know, and it's important for the accreditation process, but it's very different to hear somebody who is actually a CTSP talk about your actual experiences with it because, you know, obviously us at TCA, I think it's a, it's a great program to have and a great credential to have, but it's very different hearing it from somebody not affiliated with, with TCIA on the staff. So a couple of the questions we get too are on an individual level, why is the CTSP important? And, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but you've talked about how it's just something you've always done. You've pushed yourself, you guys are accredited, so you need to have one on staff. Um, it's come up when other safety programs and other people have like looked into you to see what you're doing. But like on an individual basis for you, have you found that it's given you more opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't have had? Uh, yes, definitely. I think the position I'm in now, it has definitely helped out and get me into that position. Working with some other companies or, or you know, people have reached out to me and talked to me about certain things that they do or, or they'll run ideas by me for safety and training wise. I think having that credential has definitely helped out. It opens up more opportunities, I would definitely say by having it, you know, again, reaching, having other people reaching out to me to talk about like, Hey, what do you do for a safety meeting? Or, or I was thinking about trying this with, with the guys at work. Uh, what do you think about me trying this or trying that? And I've been in the industry for a while now, and it's nice that people reach out to me and they know I'm a CTSP. I'm certified. I've been in the position. I've been able to run, do just about anything that the, that the industry has offered us to do you know, the company and the industry, this isn't a lot that I can't do, you know, pushing myself to do, be able to do all that and have the CTSP has definitely helped out where, where people have reached out, you know, social media now has, has been a big help, um, you know, the internet and even at the uh, trade shows too, especially at the, the expo, I've, I've uh, made good connections and had a lot of people that I've met over the years and they, you know, they've reached out and talked to me about stuff. And not that you're thinking about switching from companies, but do you find that the CTSP credential would help somebody who is looking to find a, another job at a different tree care company as well? Uh, it would definitely would give you a leg up, just like being, you know, having a, anywhere from a CDL to a uh, certificate ISA certification or, or an Arbor certification. It's definitely going to put you to the front of that list if you got 10 guys you're looking at. And if they have a CTSP, along with other credentials, they're, they're going to go to the top of the list. I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, that especially if they've had their CTSP and they've renewed, renewed it a few times, you know, they're willing to do the training, put the hours in, uh, invest in themselves or the company that they're working with. It, it's definitely worth getting it because it will advance you into a, another position or it will get you in a higher position in another company when you come in, especially a large company. Yeah. Now I get to ask the, um, the, the difficult question. I know that us at TCA don't like to hear, but um, I don't want to say the shortcomings of the CTSP program, but what can we actually do to improve the value of the CTSP certification for you or 
you know, improve our marketing of the CTSP certification for those who are already a CTSP. I know we put a lot of effort towards um, encouraging others to sign up to become a CTSP, but for those who are currently CTSPs, we'd like to know what else there is that we can do. Uh, you know, that's a, that's, that's a great question. Uh, what I've been, what I've been trying to do is what I'd like to see the TCIA do is make it more of a standout position. Um, it is a standout position now, but try to, if we can elevate that to another level where you make it, um, yeah, it, this is tough. This is, this is where you're going to have to do some editing. Cause I was talking to the, talking to a few people that have it and I was trying to come up with some great stuff, push it to another level to where we can, uh, it's almost like a certification. Um, you know, it is a certification, but where certain towns or, or, or states or anything like that to, to get our industry up where it needs to be, it almost needs to be a licensed industry like electricians and, and, uh, you know, electricians and plumbers, you know, our, our pay grade is coming up, but with the CTSP, if you have those on staff and they're keeping up with the education process and they're keeping up with the CEUs and they're doing the training, um, it would be better if we could get more accredited companies because you have to have the CTSPs. We know there's good training. We know there's qualified people on staff that can do it. It's it just, this is, this is a tough question. What, what I'm trying to get, you know, how I'm trying to answer it. So, you know, getting it, getting it to that position where, how, how, how can we push it forward? Um, oh man. It, yeah. It really is the million dollar question. question. It's it is. It's, it's and, and like, how do we elevate it? It's hard because it involves elevating the rest of the industry as well. So then we can right. additionally elevate the CTSP with it, you know, I, I understand yeah. the electrician angle, my cousin's electrician, my dad used to be an electrician and right. their growing pains were a lot sooner than the tree care industry was. And, you know, the sad part was they had the same issues where, you know, people would die and then they realize, oh, we should probably right. be doing this a little bit differently. So, yeah. It, yeah, I think the question is how are we going to get the industry up there and then elevate the CTSPs? on top of that i know we get some questions sometimes of well i got my ctsp once what's the point in renewing it and you know we like to preach that it's it's safety you know it proves leadership right. and safety and commitment yep. to safety it's just it's just really hard sometimes when you know not everybody in the industry thinks the exact same way that we do right exactly i mean we drive down the road all the time um and you see, like, I'll take pictures of other stuff and, and I'll use it in a safety meeting. And I'm like, this is what we're up against. Um, you know, we're, we're a, a high value company where we do great work. We're held to a higher standard. We're accredited. We have CTSPs on staff. We, are, we have certified arborists. And then you look over there and there's, you know, a landscaper on a aluminum ladder with a pole saw and a pair of loppers cutting a branch off a 220 line, you know, an electric line going to the house. And it's like, what are you doing? You know, and then people are like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I work for a live tree company and this and that. Oh, you're a tree guy. It's like, yeah, I'm a tree guy. But like people don't understand to be at a high, high level in this industry. I mean, we got to be a, a licensed truck driver basically almost a, a, an engineer and a mathematician when it comes to rigging stuff down and, and trees. And it, it's almost a 10 year process 
to get to a high level in this industry with continual growth, like by the time you get a CDL certificate, you know, be a certified arborist, a CTSP, and then almost 10 years worth of climbing experience, rigging experience, and seeing every weather thing that could happen, like we're in New England, from tornado damage to ice damage to snow damage to hurricanes. I mean, it takes, takes a long time to get to a highly elevated position, not just a position, but just skill level in this industry. And I think the CTSP helps you in that process and gets you up there. You're also working with a company that hopefully has CTSPs on staff that recognizes that certification and allows you to train people and move up through the ranks. Yeah. And I think we also don't really touch on the point that this industry was kind of joined in, you know, by a lot of people who said they didn't want to do, you know, formal college education or didn't enjoy, you know, the formal schoolwork aspect of it, except that they go out there to the field every day and are using more applied sciences and maths than most of the people who have actually done, you know, four-year degree programs. Um, So, you know, the idea that you, you may not want or enjoy continue education, but you're doing it every day that you're working. Exactly. And that's what I've said to guys here. I'm like, every day you're learning something when you're rigging a tree down, you know, people go to school for four years to get a degree and in, in things like that. Every day you're using the, you're using math. A lot of people are like, oh, I didn't, wasn't good at math in school. Well, you're getting better at it now, especially with the science of rigging that we have we have numerous ways of calculating wood, uh, wood weight, load strength, what the ropes will handle. Um, you know, years ago when we first started, we're like, you know, think the rope will hold this? Yeah, I think so. But now we'll, we know the breaking strength. We know the working strength. We know the difference between, you know, natural crotch and friction and, and uh, running a block to rigging rings. Um, and it just gets bigger and, and better every day. Every day in this industry, it, it's getting better. Um, the process of us learning is like you said, it's on the job training, 90% of it. A lot of people we have that have come here from the colleges that train, you learn the basics, you learn the biology and you learn all of your soils and everything else. But when it actually comes to doing the work and getting up in the trees, that's all on the job experience. The college is only showing you the basic or the high schools that, that, you know, people graduate from the tech schools, which they do a fantastic job. But when you actually have to get in the tree and do it, the only way you can gain experience is getting up there and do it. You can't, I don't care how much reading you do or, you know, YouTube video watching, when you're up in the tree and you're 70 feet in the air, there's a lot going on up there, you know, just due to safety wise, rigging, body position, ergonomics, trying not to do anything unbalanced so you you don't have an accident and mitigate any risks in the tree and and it's just the the list goes on and on with the i guess the importance of continuing education how and this goes for anything even beyond just the ctsp credential whether you want to be an isa certified arborist or get any other like local certifications but how do you go about talking to like your boss uh, about getting you know uh, an opportunity to pursue a formalized continuing education because you were able to to do it. And that's because you guys are accredited and the company has a value on safety. What happens if you're like trying to be the first CTSP on staff or the first certified arborist on staff? How do you approach that conversation with 
with the, the people above you? So what I would do is bring to them the benefit of what you're going to bring to the company. Uh, bring Break it down into, oh, okay, well, we're, you're going to invest this much in me to go to this class, but I'm going to learn how to train our people better. We're going to reduce risk with injury, potential injury. I'm going to be able to train people better. We're going to have better employees. The safer we work, we're going to reduce our overhead because if we have a track record of, you know, the company that you're talking about or, or, or that you work with has or has injuries or they have a track record of how their injuries are performing, you can help eliminate that through training. You can also open up the eyes of other people. That's one of the big things in our industry. We have a lot of people that are like, hey, I've been doing it this way for 20 years. I know what I'm doing. That doesn't mean you're doing it right. And that also doesn't mean on the 22nd year that you're going to have a bad day and get hurt. We can open up their minds to maybe a different way or, hey, try this. And the biggest thing is showing your company that I can reduce costs and have better employees, more efficient employees by me getting this CTSP, learning how to train people better. You can also put it on your website. You can put it on your, uh, your proposals. You know, and, and just put it on your website when people will be like, well, what's the CTSP? And you have a little bit of a link and it, you know, we could go to the TCIA. It, it does a nice breakdown of what we do or what you do as a CTSP and how it benefits companies. I mean, that would be another thing that maybe the TCIA could do and have a link where, you know, a company could attach that with CTSPs on staff and it would open up the eyes of, you know, employees, companies, and homeowners of, of what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I guess the 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 follow-up question that is if the company that you work for doesn't place a value on safety, that's kind of your opportunity to 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 leave and pursue a place that that does, correct? Right. If you're working with a company and, and they don't want to invest a little bit into safety and training, you got to look at the long road on that company. It, it it's not it's not gonna end well. Um, you know, if they're all running around with no helmets, chaps, glasses on, they're underneath people cutting stuff. I mean, there's basic ANSI and OSHA standards that that's going to catch up to them. And if they have an accident, I mean, that could be the end of the company. If they have a bad one, that could be, you know, and you, you don't you really don't want to work with a place like that. You want to work with a company that invests in safety and training. And if you are willing to do that, you need to leave and go find someone that does find another company that does because going home at the end of the day is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what we get done during the day if someone gets hurt. A hundred percent. And finding somebody in the industry, we talk about, um, at least internally, we talk about mentorship and mentoring a lot and how that affects the industry. Do you have people who you consider mentors or considered mentors at one point as you were working your way up through the industry? Uh, definitely. I mean, we, we had some guys here at the company that were really, really good online wise. I've talked to some people and, and, you know, worked with people online also. Uh, but we, we had a couple really good guys in the company. Uh, one of them still here, uh, still, he's our top bucket operator every day. You know, he helped me get to where I am. He's been here for 30 something years. He's was really a big help. He's an incredible foreman. He's also a CTSP, trains his guys. He's very good at what he does. His approach to jobs and how he deals with people is fantastic. I mean, he, he's, I looked at him at, you know, when I was younger and got into the company, I'm like, this is, you know, I want to get to his level, if not more. 
and uh, you know he he does he goes out every day still and runs a bucket truck and is just phenomenal at what he does every day. I've had other people here. I've also worked with people that I'm like, that's what I don't want to do. I'm not saying safety wise, but just how they approach people. You know, they're a little aggressive or just rough around the edges. So, um, but this company has really been great to. Like if you, if you got a good idea and, and we could build around it and make this company safer, it, it's really come a long way. That's why like when I, before we had mandatory safety gear a long time ago, I mean, it was my way of the highway Either you wore your stuff or you didn't work with me. And there were people that were like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm like, well, whatever. Um, you're not working with me. That's it. Like I'm, if you're off my crew, you can work with someone else. Yeah. And what do you think the importance of finding somebody to to take on as kind of your, your role model or your mentor, like what, what is the importance of doing something like that? Is it solely just so you can model your own thing or is it just kind of like they're a sounding board for your own ideas and career opportunities? Basically finding someone like that would be definitely, you, you could see where you need to be uh, when you see a mentor like that um, and other ones in the industry, you know, all right, if, if, if I, if I want to be as good as him, I got to do X, Y, Z. And I, I, you know, I'm going to pick his brain every day. I'm going to ask him questions. I mean, sometimes I'd be kind of a pain in the ass, but I mean, I'd ask him questions every day. You know, should we do this? Should I do that? What can I do better? What are you teaching me today? Um, every day. And then just watch how he would set up and, and work and, and move through a tree, all of that. I mean, just the, the full aspect of, of what they did every day. You know, a big mentor of mine was my dad also. I mean, even though I watched a lot of stuff when it came to chainsaw stuff, wasn't exactly the safest guy to watch, but, uh, you know, growing up and how he dealt with people and, and how he approached things and, and work and fixing stuff and all of that. I, 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 he was probably my biggest mentor. And then there's other mentors that I have in the company and everything else. Yeah. And, you know, I think it might just be a dad thing working poorly with chainsaws. I've seen my dad do some questionable things with chainsaws and he's not in the industry. So, uh, you know, so, but I've seen a couple of bad things and to ask the, the, the awkward question, but is CTS, is the CTSP certification for everyone? You know, I know we'd like to think that everybody should be, you know, educated and be safety conscious, but um, it's kind of like everything else. It is a commitment. So in your eyes, do you think the CTSP certification should be for everyone? Or do you think it is more of a specific subset of people i think i don't think it's for everybody i mean it's a great certification love to see a lot more people get it and i'm i'm happy for that but you got to have the right person i mean if you got people out there cutting making shortcuts if you have people that aren't open to learning new methods aren't doing best practices safety wise from the word go like especially just simple chainsaw handling and and uh, how they operate a saw, start a saw, all of that. Just because when you bring on new people, they watch you. They watch everything you do. So if you're doing it wrong, you can't do do what I say, not as I do. You you have to do it yourself. Uh, so I definitely don't think the CTSP is a credit for uh, certification for everybody. You got to have the right mentality. Um, you got to have the right drive and you got to do what's right. I mean, even on those jobs where it's like, hey, I'm in the field today. This is what I want to do, you know, or I could do it this way, or I used to do it that way. And I'd save myself some time and get some stuff done. Not going to happen. You really need to preach 
and do what you say. It, it, you got to do it. You got to always have your safety gear on, play by the rules, enforce the rules, even though you, it, it's like, well, he's might know more than me, but I don't want to say anything. You got to speak up. It's definitely not for everybody. You got to have the right guy. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that you run into your own set of difficult situations, having to talk to some of those people as a CTSP. And I'm sure the conversations must have been, you know, un- uncomfortable, regardless of, you know, what the outcome should have been. Yeah. So some of those conversations are uncomfortable, but when you can kind of, when you can back up and, and, and they know that you've been in the industry for a while and you've been towing that line and trying to do everything to the best of your ability and the best you can, safety-wise, efficiency-wise, and how you handle situations, then it's easier to have those conversations. I mean, we've got, you know, we I've had people that I've shown up and things haven't been right. And I'm like, come on, what's going on? And, you know, what are you doing? Let's think about this. And they're like, you know what, you're right. It's easier to have the conversations with people instead of them going, well, you used to do this all the time and it was wrong. Or you, you know, you never did that. You can't drift into a safety position or a training position and not be able to have good skill set and a good background. Um, If you're just going to walk in and be like, well, no, this is the way it is from now on but they know you were like doing some gnarly stuff years ago. It's not going to help out. You really got to, you got to look at the guy that what he's doing before, during, and after he gets a certification. And trying to have those conversations is, is a leadership skill. And uh, there was an article in one of our publications a couple months back now at this point that was talking about how just because somebody is good at the job they do doesn't necessarily make them a good leader for the job that they're doing um, and putting yep. them in a leadership role and doing it that way. And I know part of the the certification process is learning about the different learning styles and teaching styles. Um for you, has that always been something you were, you know, naturally good at, or was that something that you learned with your military experience kind of? Um, going into my military experience, speaking in front of a big crowd. Uh, I remember we, I used to work at this one facility, one base, and we trained entry level lieutenants on how to, how to handle uh, firearms, rifles, you know, M16s and uh, M9 pistols. And I remember one of the coaches that, you know, I was a, a range coach at that place. They're like, hey, you're teaching this class. And I'm like, what do you mean? And you're standing in front of 350 people that like what you're teaching them could be life and death. I was nervous as hell the first time I did it. But then you realize, all right, we can do this. I can get through it and learn and teach and train the right way. So again, same thing back to the military. You got to do things the right way. There's a certain way to do it, the right way to do it. And everybody learns differently. I mean, that's why we always had in the Marines, we had, you know, the three, three ways of learning you, you visually, uh, you know, from people watching videos or, or demonstrations to actually people reading and then, you know, the hands-on experience, you have to do all three. And it's kind of, you know, that's the way I, I do my uh, entry level. When we bring people in, we, they watch videos, then we kind of do a test on all of it. Um, and they read about it. And then we do a hands-on with just about everything. When they come in on the first day, we don't, they don't even go out in the field the first day when they come in. And I try to go through all three of those. And you can tell when you're working with someone new, when you watch them, 
you can figure out how their learning capabilities are in a few hours if you have some experience dealing with a lot of people, how they going through the paper, which is watching the videos, if they're kind of taking notes or when they're going through their paperwork and, and a lot of the handouts that I give them, um, if they're kind of taking notes down on that or they're reading it more in depth, you can definitely tell how people learn just on your first day. And when you show up on jobs, if you worked with a company for a while, you start to build a rapport, you should be able to know how to, how to handle situations, how, what kind of training they need or the best way to approach them. Yeah. And I, I like that, you know, the three different styles of learning because, um, you know, I'm a very hands-on learner, but really I can only teach hands-on learning effectively. I have a much harder time trying to teach from that. So, you know, knowing that that uh, your know, divide exists is actually super important, especially when it comes to teaching a lot of these people who may have some sort of aversion towards continuing education just because of the, like the stigma surrounding this is what education should be, but really it's not, right. you know, just what they yeah. were told versus what they experienced are two totally different things. Exactly. A hundred percent. That's why in my safety meetings also, I try to do I try to do a PowerPoint presentation, try to have a handout. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. And then I try to do a visual demonstration with something. I try to have something there. So all three of them kind of come together. Is it tough to do? Yes. Sometimes can you do it? No. But I try to have something built into all of that. That way there, when you're dealing with the three types of learners, when you're looking at 50, 60, 70 people that you're trying to do a safety meeting with or, or a quick tailgate meeting, it's important to do that because then they can all they're all going to learn something. They're all going to take something away from it. Um, because as we know, they're all going to learn different ways. Everybody's different. Nobody's, there's no two people the same. Yeah. I like that. Um, I kind of went through all of my questions. You really covered everything I was looking for. Do you have anything else that you'd like to talk about or, or bring up that we haven't had a chance to discuss? Um, the CEU process mm -hmm. with the CTSP, a lot of guys, they seem to have struggle with it or they don't understand how it's actually very easy to to get your CEUs and document them. And a lot of times people are just like, oh, I couldn't get them. I couldn't figure it out. I can't get these or this. It has gotten easier, especially with the website, the program development, all of that. I think it was I think it was harder to get CEUs or understand how to get the CEUs years ago. But it has gotten a lot easier. But we, I still run into people that are like, well, I can't get these CEUs or this or that. And I'm like, literally, I mean, you could do a 15-minute thing on a job and just write it down and, and do a brief overlay with it in a simple sign-in sheet and submit it. And you're probably going to get credit for it. I mean, it, it's pretty easy how to do it. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I see with the CTSP program, guys that don't get it. They're like, well, the CEUs I couldn't get or I couldn't figure it out. Um, again, in talking to a few people that have had issues with it, I think it's a lot easier now. I mean, I, I manage the CEUs here for um, CTSP, ISA, and a couple other things. And it's once you understand the process, it, it's very easy. Um, so you could definitely, you know, if anybody ever had to reach out or anything or anybody had questions, I can help them out with it. But the, the big thing is, is, is maintain your credential. Don't ever let anything go because uh, you never know when you're going to need it. And if you feel that it's not worth doing anything, then maybe you weren't the candidate to get it in the first place. Um, it's definitely, you know, they're like, oh, there's zero benefit from it. That's untrue. There's definitely benefits from it. It's what you put into it. Um, 
you know, people like, you know, am I going to get a pay raise for it? It's like, well, that's, you might, but let's look at the big picture here. We're, we're sending you to train, you know, from further training to learn how to train people better and have a better outcome and a better product of people that you're training, then you definitely want to make sure that, you know, that's the kind of person you want, not just, well, I just want to get a raise out of it. That's not what we're looking for.